the promise that I issue to you is that by one o'clock today, you will know more than you do now. LBC 97.3 Mystery Hour with James O'Brien. Three minutes after 12, you are listening to LBC 97.3, the original and the best mystery hour, uh, your weekly opportunity to get an answer to the question that has had you puzzled for the longest time. Uh, If you're new to this, very briefly, the way it works is this. You almost certainly have a who nestled somewhere in your consciousness, a why lurking somewhere in your brain, a whether, a whither, a wherefore, poised and ready for action somewhere in your memory banks but for the best part of your life or even just the best part of this morning you have failed abjectly to secure an answer and it can be as silly or as serious as you like indeed the only rules of engagement really here are dullness and repetition if you ask a question that we consider to be dull and the management's decision is final for example if it's got anything to do with motoring or membership of the eu it will almost certainly be shown the door And if we've answered it, or had it asked relatively recently, by which it just means if Jones the engineer, my esteemed colleague, and I can remember it, that counts as repetition. Otherwise, anything goes, from from the sublime to the ridiculous, from the silly to the serious. The phone number, you will only hear if there's a phone line free. And if you're listening now and already getting frustrated at the fact that you can't get through, remember two things, judicious use of redial, and whenever I say goodbye to somebody, that frees up a phone line. And, I know I said two things, but here's three things. And, third thing, we turn over the call so quickly because of that dullness and repetition rule that seriously, just keep trying. If you hear me say the number, you will know that there's a phone line free. Should we crack on? I think, I think we may as well. Dave is in Orpington. Dave, what is your question? Hello, how Hello. are you? I'm all right, Dave. Is that it? Well, that was easy. Round of applause, please, Jones. I'm absolutely fine, thank you, Dave. Good. I'll, I'll and that, that is the noise that you will hear if someone answers a question correctly on Mystery Hour. Dave, I'd better let you have another one. It would only be fair. Go on. All right. I was wondering why I could see the moon at 10 a.m. this morning in a crisp blue sky. Whose moon? It was. It was white. Whereabouts? Were, were you in Orpington? Yeah. I like this question. We, I, we're all slightly familiar with it. There are some mornings where you can still see the moon yeah. and the sun at the same time. We need a simple, nice explanation. I, I, I don't think you've checked the Mystery Hour archive, have you, on this one? No, and I won't be able to work it out because I've only got CSE. <laughs> you might not be able to understand the answer, Dave. Sorry, <laughs> mate. I was, you, that, you, you, you left yourself open to that one. The uh, Mystery Hour archive at lbc.co.uk. I don't know. That just Does that ring a bell with you guys? I, it just rings. But it's a lovely question. It's very topical. It happened this morning. Can't get much more topical than that. David is in Southwark. David, question or answer? Morning. It's a question. We all got a landing in our house at the top of the stairs between the bedrooms. Why is it called a landing? What would you rather call no. it? <laughs> well, it's always been called a landing. Yeah, well, what's, what's, what's your problem with landings? Why don't you want to call it a landing? What do you want to call it instead? <laughs> Why is it called a landing, though? You know, what, what else can you call it? Exactly. It's like, besides, it's a, it's a, it's, the upper level, it's a landing stage, isn't it? It's like a pontoon in a in a river. It's where you where you stop and no, no, regroup no. and then carry on. Like, again. You haven't got planes landing on there, have you? you what? No, you, you got people got landing. landing. You, got, you got people landing on it. Yeah, where from? Nobody lands up there except my family. You do. Yeah, they they, 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 it's there. a landing. You land there. It's like a landing stage. It's a landing. It's flat, not like steps. 
don't think so. I don't think you're going to buy. I, mean, I can tell. I'm I can not, tell. I'm you're not, not going to buy. It, no, I know. Even if I throw in a, a pack of chamois levers and some torque wrenches, you're not having it, are you? No, I've got all those anyway. Oh, all right, then. Why is a landing in a house called a landing? Again, at that lbc.co.uk mystery hour archive. Always good for a look. It, it, not actually at this time of the week. I, I just, again, I, short-term memory is not what it used to be. Paul's in Guildford. Paul, question or answer? Morning, James. It's, uh, it's a question. Paul. Um, if cows and goats and sheep and, and things like that eat grass, and only grass, not ones that are, are fed by farmers... How come they, they produce so much fat in their milk and cholesterol and stuff that's bad for you? Because um, if I ate grass, um, I'm sure I wouldn't get fat. I'd probably um, starve to death. We can't digest it, can we? We, we, we can't break no. it down. Uh, but if, even if we could, you'd think a diet, well, the, what would be the nearest equivalent would be a sort of diet of lettuce, wouldn't it? If we lived on a diet yeah. of lettuce, we imagine that we'd be incredibly thin incredibly quickly, whereas cows not only put on weight themselves, but also produce liquid fat, in a way. Yeah, and in theory, cheese should be good for you. But unfortunately, it's not. No, sadly. I love that question. In fact, I'm, I'm, it's going to be one of those ones that either has an incredibly complicated answer or a breathtakingly simple one, isn't it? It's never occurred yeah, to me. Yeah, I've, I've been wondering it for a long time. Cows only eat grass, and yet they produce stuff that's full of... I mean, there's sugar in grass, isn't there? There's going to be a lot of sugar in it, probably. Um, there, there might be, I don't know. But, I mean, I, I've had sort of grass tea, which is uh, revolting stuff. Yeah. Um, and it's, it, it, there's nothing in it. There's no oil. There's nothing. There's oil in hemp. Maybe they, What's cellulose? Um... I'm not sure, to be honest. Nor am I. I'm just thinking out loud. That might be something to do with it. I love the question, though. And if that doesn't provide the guarantee that we'll know more by one o'clock today than we do now, if someone can answer that, then, frankly, I don't know what will. 08456060973 is the number to call. Why is a landing called a landing? What, what, where do cows get fat from? How can cows make so much fat when all they eat is grass? I don't know if that is serious or silly, sublime or ridiculous. Those are my favourite Mystery Hour questions. We'll find out for you. And uh, what was the first question this week? Oh, come on, somebody. Oh, honestly. Peter's in Putney. Peter, question or answer? Uh, well, interestingly, since listening to the other questions, I've got the answers to them and I've got a question. The but moon. The I'm moon. Only Sorry, Peter. I'm, no. I did, yes, you're right. No. But you, you talk no. among yourselves. It was the moon. Why could we see the moon at 10 o'clock this morning? That was the other question. What is your question, uh, Peter? My question is that the skin on the outside of your body is pretty much, well, it is identical to the skin on the inside of your mouth. When you slice the skin on the outside of your body, it bleeds. When you slice the skin on the inside of your mouth, it blisters. Why? I don't understand. I mean, I, it also bleeds, and you also get blisters on the outside of your body. Well, actually, you don't get blisters on the outside of your body unless you pinch the skin. Yeah, not, not from cutting. But yeah. what, what's the cut to the mouth that, that blisters? Well, if you bite your mouth, you, you break the skin, you cut the skin, but the, it doesn't bleed. It, it immediately forms a blister. It's a scab. Well, but scab, blister, it, it doesn't... No, no, it so doesn't, that, that answers your question. I missed the answer, sorry. In your mouth, it's not a blister, it's a scab. And, and the same on your skin. I, I think the point I'm trying to make is that... It takes some time for um, for 
for the skin on the outside of the body to form something, but on the inside of the mouth it's pretty much instantaneous. I mean, it may just be the way it's oxygenated, the way it's concealed and the way it's protected, but uh, it, it was always a mystery to me that when I bit the inside of my mouth it blistered, but when yeah. I cut the outside do, of my mouth it bled. Do you mean an ulcer? No, I mean, I mean a blood blister. Well, I mean, I, 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 I mean it, there's it, no way I can say this nicely. You, you go and cut the inside of your mouth and find me back if it doesn't bleed, because if it doesn't, <laughs> mate, you need to see a doctor. <laughs> it does... It does bleed, forgive me. Well, yeah, and, and, then it, and then it congeals over, and you have the oral equivalent of a scab. Well, well you have a... It, but it's fairly instantaneous. If, if you don't... Your mouth isn't, isn't bleeding persistently. Yeah, that's, so, that's evolution. That's biological evolution. It's because you, well, you'd lose too much blood through your mouth. It's, it's a lot more inconvenient to have blood in your mouth than it is to have blood on your knee. But it does just scab over. It's the same principle. It's just... Call it a wet scab, if you will. Do I get a round of applause for that or not? All right, I'll, I'm going to leave it on the board because it's possible that I may it may not be as simple as I thought it was. Marcus is in Vauxhall. Marcus, question or answer? It's a question, James, please. Go on, then. Um, I wanted to know, what language do referees um, speak during a match? Uh, for example, yesterday, England and Brazil. If the referee doesn't speak English or Brazilian or Portuguese... What language does he speak so everybody can can understand each other? Uh, and this is, you, I mean, specific to last night's game or a sort of general question? Uh, that's a general question. I like, I quite like that. I think it's probably English, don't you? I think so as well. I've been wondering about this quite for quite a while. Uh, and what yeah, if the players don't understand? Uh, just a weird one, this. We've got so many questions that seem quite... Uh, sort of, you'd imagine we'd had them before. I, these are my favourite Thursdays, actually, when we get new, interesting questions. Uh, why could we see the moon at 10 o'clock this morning? What language do referees speak? If, if for the sake of argument, England are playing Brazil. I like that one. Um, you can have a crack at the scab blister question, but I do think that we... I do think that we answered it. Why is it a landing on a on a staircase? Why do we call it a landing? And, of course, to add to the list, anything you want. Remember, if you can answer any of those questions, give us a call. Frank is in Southport. Frank, question or answer? It's a question, James. Okay. And I hope it's not an archive one. Uh, I'm so a, a fairly new listener. So do I now. Well, but, you <laughs> know, I don't want to make you feel unwelcome, Frank. That's okay. Um, boxes of eggs kept in the supermarket are kept on the centre aisle, mm. not in the refrigerated area. Yeah. Yet the box that I've got in front of me, which I bought yesterday, yes. clearly says keep refrigerated. And I wondered, what is this so special in the supermarket that they, be, they can be kept in a unrefrigerated area, yet we, as we buy them, have to keep them in the fridge? We don't, we don't have to. Oh, well. Right, you know more than I do then. You don't, you're so, not going to get into trouble if you don't put your eggs in the fridge. No, it wasn't me that I was thinking of. I was thinking more in terms of what happens to the eggs. The, 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 I, think, I think the answer will be contained within the difference between a sell-by date and a use-by date. You think? Yeah, because you're not going to buy eggs fresh in a supermarket that, are, that have been hanging around for two weeks, but they're going to hang around for two weeks in your house, so you may as well refrigerate them to, to reduce the possibility of them going off. Yeah. Yeah, I see your point there. Except, of course, that supermarkets also sell eggs that are close to their use-by date. Uh, close to their sell-by date. Uh, sell-by date. Not their use-by uh, date. I think correct. that's the answer. I think because eggs, more than anything else, have such a big gap between the sell-by and the use-by, they keep them dry or, or, or unrefrigerated in the shop. But when you get them home, you just slightly increase the chances of, of, of prolonging their life, prolonging their freshness in a the fridge. They don't need to worry about okay. it. And in a supermarket, refrigerated storage costs a lot more than non-refrigerated storage, which will be the other part of the answer. I think that earns a round of applause. Thank you very much, Frank. <laughs> Bye now. Thank you.
Bye-bye. It's all right. Keep talking, because he's lost the button for the applause, Frank. Do you know any jokes? I don't off the top of my head. I'm sorry. Well, all right. Should we try again? Thank you, Frank. Bye-bye. Cheers. 12.15. 19 minutes up. What happened then? Jones, honestly, mate, what, 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 the, the, f- forgive me, we have someone whose job title includes the word engineer, who, who is in charge of all of these noises that you hear, or don't hear, as the case may be. Steve is in, don't pass the buck, Steve is in Wimbledon, it's time someone raised the tone, Steve, and that task falls to you. Right, hello, James, so I've got an answer for you about, um, why, uh, cows and other ungulates can produce so much energy from grass. Ungulates? Ungulates, ungulates. Un- ungulates. Yeah, I must, have, eat, yeah. I, I must have been off that day. Yeah, yeah, that's your uh, public school education for <laughs> I you. I think though. you're right, it is. I should get a <laughs> no, refund. Um, animals, that, animals that eat a lot of grass and yeah. low-energy foods, how they can grow yeah. so big and produce so much energy from grass and leaves. Yes. Um, basically, their digestion is far more efficient than ours. They've got more than one stomach, and uh, in one of the stomachs, the food, the green food, is broken down by bacteria, and the energy they derive from that is mostly the waste product of the bacteria rather than food they're eating. So they give off some enormous amounts of sugars, and uh, the animals can use, you know, all food you eat is turned to sugar before you can use it. So the bacteria feeds upon the stuff in the stomach, and the cow feeds upon the bacteria? It feeds upon the waste products of the bacteria, yeah. So it's not, pr- it's not pretty, it. is it, Steve? But it sounds very, no, it's very, not nice, it sounds no. very sensible. <laughs> it's, uh, the yeah, waste that's how elephants can ba- be so huge by eating grass. Grow elephants uh, as well, of course. Yeah, so, they've got a, an enormous stomach full of fermenting uh, waste uh, vegetable products yes. that are being broken down by bacteria that oh, are giving off nutritional substances. Bingo. Yeah, rice isn't very fattening, but if you drink sake made out of rice, <laughs> that that will contain rather more calories, won't it? It's the same sort of principle. I should imagine so, yeah. Something like that. I've sure. not seen many cows eating, uh, drinking sake, but there you go. No, but you've seen goats eating apples that are fermented yes, on the yeah. ground and then falling over yeah. drunk. I'm not sure that's yes, got yes, anything yes. to do with anything either, but no, I, I, really, I, I, no. you've earned anyway. a rest. What are your qualifications, Steve? Um, while I was staying out in Canada on a cattle ranch, and I asked the rancher how the moose that lived on there could be like bigger than a horse when they only eat leaves. And uh, he told me he was a PhD in biology, which you had to be a successful rancher. You earn a round of applause with ease and flying colours. You also earn my thanks for proving so early that my guarantee for 99% of people listening to this programme, my guarantee is copper bottomed. You will know more by 1 o'clock on Thursday than you knew at 12 o'clock. There you go. Thank you very much. No, thank you, Stephen. Enjoy that round of applause. Revel in it. Bask in it. Fred is in Orpington. Fred, question or answer? Uh, It's a question, James. Yes. A sporting one. A sporting uh, I used to be in football, and uh, we had a saying in football, you, you come in the dressing room, if you had a good game, it was always called, you had a blinder. You did. You played a blinder. Yeah. Uh, where did that come from? Blinding light. Blinding light? Blinding light. What's that got to do, James? Brightest, brightest imaginable light, blinding. Best imaginable football game, blinder. So amazing, you had to close your eyes. It was too bright to look at. It's the same as blinding lights, where it comes from. That's not a bad answer, actually. Fred, that's very gracious of you to say so. Not a bad answer at all. I'll accept that. Thank you very much, and I'll accept this.
Thank you, Fred. Uh, you are entitled to stewards' inquiries, of course, but I think that's almost certainly right. Uh, what else are we still looking for? What language do referees speak in international football games? Or indeed in our league, in domestic football games? Why do we call a landing a landing? And why can you sometimes see the moon in the morning? Gary is in Pinar. Gary, question or answer? Good morning, James. It's an answer for you. All right, go on, then. Um, the egg situation. Um, you don't have to keep eggs refrigerated. Um, a lot of stores don't keep them refrigerated because they're self-sufficient. They're, they're self-sterile. So uh, the, the shell keeps the egg sterile from outside uh, influences, bacteria, etc., etc. When you crack an egg, break it, then you get problems where the egg will go off. Well, they so can go off in the shell. Fine. I mean, you can crack a, an, egg, an egg that's gone off, but that will just be age. It won't have anything to do with external yeah. agents. No. Yeah, you don't need to keep eggs it, in the fridge. See, I, I, uh, I keep chicken, so I sort of knew that. But the, what the question was asking was why it told him to put them in the fridge. It's to cover themselves in terms of uh, health and safety, etc. Um, but how can it if the, there's no risk to health and safety? There isn't any risk, but it's, it's just the way the supermarkets cover themselves um, by keeping the temperature controlled of, of the egg. But it doesn't have to be. Yeah, that sounds fair. Do you know what else you shouldn't keep in the fridge, just to, for reasons of them tasting nicer? What else? Yeah. Uh, cheese? No, well, yeah, up to a point, but that will go off. So there's a, there's a trade-off yeah. there between tomatoes. Tomatoes? Yeah, don't keep your tomatoes in the fridge. Hmm. Buy fewer, keep them out at room temperature, use them up. Keep them in the fridge. And yeah, you know what? They get that weird sort of textury, cold sort of inside. Yeah. That's because they're in the yeah. fridge. Keep your tomatoes out of the fridge. I keep mine in a little tub on the top of the fridge, Gary, since you ask. That's very good. Any any food that is not kept chilled is tastier. This is also chilled true. Taste, taste this is also true. Yeah. Take, take it out of the yeah. fridge before cooking or before serving, especially salad. Oh, Gary, come back. Gary, are you still there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm still there. Oh, yeah, good. I'm listening. I'm listening. Because you're waiting for this, right? Absolutely. Spot on. Thank how, you very much. How was it for you? <laughs> it was, uh, i tell you what, first time and it was blinding. It was... <laughs> You know, now you know where that light. word comes See from. The light. <laughs> Leave it out. Chevy's in Tottenham. Chevy, question or answer? Uh, it's an answer to the uh, landing at the top of the stairs. Good man. Um, I believe you've had it on before. I believe it's, we have uh, as well. It's because you uh, you take a flight of stairs to get to the landing. Yeah. Or, yeah. as Claire has pointed out in a tweet, if you fall out of the loft... <laughs> it's, it's, somewhere to land. <laughs> it's quite a hard landing but it is a flight of stairs therefore a landing up the flight onto the landing I, I, and, and, you and are your qualifications qualifications are your qualifications oh, going to be that you heard it on mystery hour before i'm an avid mystery hour listener there's yep. nothing wrong with that there's no other kind it's 26 minutes after 12 result for chevy couple of phone lines free that oh oh eight four five six oh six oh nine seven three be quick and a lot of people answered that flight of stairs question, not to, to take away from Chevy's achievement, via text and email. And I, I often read them. I rarely read them out. I keep them there just in case I need any help in pretending to look cleverer or more knowledgeable than I really am. Uh, still looking for answers to a couple, but room now for a few more questions. 08456060973. Steve is in Streatham. Steve, question or answer? Uh, question. Yes. Oh, hello, James. Uh, hello, basically, a serious question. Yes. But... My my dog my dog is really really clever. Hmm. She's a very clever girl. But why can't she suck through a straw? I, I, how do you know she can't? Well, I've given her a straw plenty of times, but she just looks at me and spits it out. Have you shown her yourself? Have you got down and sucked through the straw yourself to sort of teach yep, her by example? Yep, done all of it. Yep. How exactly. often have you? How many times have you done that? Would you say roughly? I, I try a couple of times. You yeah. know, maybe three times a week. Yeah. But if you're going to teach a dog, if you're going to teach a dog to sit. 
it's a long and, and, and patient process. It sounds to me you've just thrown a straw at the poor dog and expected her to suck it up. But it's, uh, I mean, she does everything. She sits, rolls, everything. But, you know, give her, give, giving her a straw, you'd think that she'd just sort of automatically suck. Can she, the idea can she form a vacuum in her mouth, though? Oh, well, I don't know. That's, that's the question I'm asking. She doesn't really is have big it, cheeks and is lips. Is it possible? Mm, oh, big she tongue. does. Not like yours. <laughs> the can't, dogs can't purse their lips. I don't think they can form a proper seal. Is that a really silly answer? No, but if, but if they can inhale, I'm sure they should be able to suck as well, isn't it? I bet monkeys can. Yeah, monkeys can. But I mean, other, even cats, for example. Yeah, but you, you, you're not. We're talking about primates or, 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 or simians. Hmm. But um, that's just the question I want to find out. Is, is there an answer to it? Does anybody know why? Well, but, why yeah, not? Did, yeah. I mean, it may be that the answer is because why can't? I mean, why can't Steve's dog suck up through a straw? Because dogs can't suck through straws. I mean, you want a biological, you want sort of a physiological explanation of the canine mouth. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm, I think she did. She did try it once when I sort of like held her nose. She sort of sucked a little bit. Yeah. Hello. Well, no, I mean, I was just thinking that proves that they can in the right circumstances. Mm, well, but I don't, I don't want to do too much because I would be like animal cruelty, isn't it? Keeping well, I, that is where I was going to lead you next. I, <laughs> I mean, clearly, you can't. I mean, suffocate a dog in the hope of teaching it to suck through a straw. Yeah. Did you know uh, what the dog is thinking? Mm-hmm. Why can't yeah. my owner lap? Why can't that well, strange creature over there get down on his hands and knees, empty a bowl in 30 seconds flat just by wiggling his tongue around? So you're quite, you're quite suckist. You think sucking is somehow superior and that dogs should be learning it. Personally, I'd rather be able to lap, have a tongue like yeah, a it's, plate of liver. Yeah, because, no, because it's a basic thing to do because she's very, very clever. I mean, like, if I go to work, she knows I'm going to work. You know, it doesn't matter what time of day I go. If I'm taking her out, she just automatically knows I'm taking her out. She's by the door waiting for me. Yes. I haven't got like her leash or collar or nothing. Mm. So she, she knows everything. She's very, very intelligent. But just but you, when do it you know why your dog can't suck through a straw? No. Your dog doesn't want to suck through a straw. <laughs> that is actually the answer. Which is why mm. I'm taking this. All right, thank you. You're listening to Mystery Hour with James O'Brien and Stephen Streatham and a cameo appearance from his dog. The time now is 12.30. Three minutes after 12. This is LBC 97.3. Uh, James, call me cynical, but I think that some of your callers just think up questions to ask you to get on the radio, and they are not actually things that they have been puzzling over for a long time. Well, that's a very strict and severe accusation that you bring to the table. I think young Steve has been befuddled by his dog's inability to drink through a straw for the judging by the sound of him, for several years. But I, I remind you that the idea is that the information that we unearth on Mystery I will be of use to people um, in general as opposed to simply you. It's why we don't do motoring questions and have a dullness and repetition rule. But 0845 is the number to call if you have a question that needs an answer or if you want to challenge all of the any of the questions you've heard already we usually have a few referees listening oddly a few footballers as well every now and then what language do referees speak in internationals uh, well, well is, is there an international <laughs> is there an international language of football just like there's an international language of love it's probably english and uh what, what explains what why can you sometimes see the moon in the morning and I, again i think we have done that before but i would still quite like to know the answer
Rodney is in Tottenham. Rodney, question or answer? Yes, a question, James. How are you doing, mate? Uh-huh. Good afternoon as well. Thank you, Rodney. I'm all right. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. Great show, as per usual. You're very kind. Thank you. What's your question? Yeah, no problem. Um, if you've got a lump of cheddar cheese and um, you melt it, yeah. does the fat intake increase? I'm hoping the question it does, but I've just been wondering about it. Does, does, if you melt your cheese, does the does amount the fat. of fat in it increase? Yeah, yeah. so obviously, if, if it's solid, um, yeah. you eat the cheese and then you melt it, does it actually increase um, the fat intake, intake, obviously, as it's I wouldn't have thought. I, w- I wouldn't have thought so. I know why you're asking. It's because when you melt cheese, yeah. you, you get all the oil on top and stuff like that. Don't yeah, you? And, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But is I mean, there going to be a chemical? Know. It's an exothermic reaction. It's not impossible, actually. The producer thinks this is a really stupid question. She's got that look on her face. But I think this is actually <laughs> quite, quite a good question because it could be a chemical reaction that's happening with the. Clive thinks. No, that's, that's what I was thinking as well. Well, so you were thinking it was stupid, and then you thought, "I oh, know, I'll ring James and ask him." Yeah, yeah, exactly. Interesting Interesting thought processes there, Rodney. (laughs) 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 Does that? So, really, you're asking: Does the chemical composition of cheese change when it melts? Yeah, yeah, exactly. exactly. I think it might. Right, you're on. I like it. Who's going to know the answer to that, though? Oh, some big cheese. It's twelve thirty-six. It's LBC ninety-seven point three, and the puns just keep on coming. Rob's in South Norwood. Rob, question or answer? Question. Yes. Right, it's in two parts. Is it? I'll keep it, I'll keep it short. Oh, please. Why do we need to earth electricity? What? Why do we need to earth an electric current? Because uh, if we don't, then we would earth it when we touch it and get electrocuted, no? Well, that being the case, then how do we earth something? Oh, how do astronauts earth their spaceship? Ah. Uh, I, I, ooh. Is this a brilliant question or a really silly one? Well, if they're not on Earth... Yeah, it's a really silly one. Yeah. Oh, that's a shame. We were having a really good mystery hour, Rob, and you've just sort of come along and piddled all over it. Well, I think it's still good. Do you? Yeah. What what about aeroplanes? Well, I've read about certain... Well, my original question that I've literally... Right, I've been wondering about this for years, and the original thing was, how do you earth a ship based on the fact that it floats on water, which isn't earthable as far as I can yeah, But you don't tell. have to earth it to the earth, do you? You just have to earth it to something other than yourself. Well, this is why I didn't go with the ship question. Right. And that was ship with a P, man. as opposed to what some people may have heard, which would be a fairly accurate description no, of P, the question P, you actually P, P. asked. A floating vessel. Yeah. All, all right, I'll, I'll, I'll put it on the list, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to give you a yellow card. Joe's in Weybridge. Joe, question or answer? A uh, question, please, regarding languages. Oh, good, yes. Uh, why do we only, or it seems to me, we only have crosswords, especially cryptic ones, in the English language? Are you do sh- other papers uh, like the, uh, the Figaro and play, pay, pay, papers like that have uh, crosswords? That, what, you're, so, you're telling me they don't, or you're asking me whether I'm, they do? I'm asking you, do they? Uh, I think they do, yes. Even in your language of Greek? Uh, I don't really speak Greek. You're very kind, Joe. I'd struggle to... I mean, but really, if you think of how a cryptic crossword works, they're just riddles, and riddles work in in any language, don't they? Oh, no, not to the complexity of other languages. I I think it's much more difficult. Do you? Because the English language, it covers so much, doesn't it? Yeah, but, I mean, if we were fluent in any other language, we'd probably think that covered quite a lot as well. It's only because we only know 11 words between us that we think English is superior. Oh, no, 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 no. 
Oh, yes, 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 our yes, lovely, yes. Our lovely language and our lovely crosswords are marvellous things. Th- they are, but I'm not sure that it's unique to the English language. Do you think I would have nipped down the, the library and find the La Figaro or something like that? Well, I, I know. Don't worry. I'll get you an answer, Joe. You stay where you are, mate. But I, I, I don't, I'd be surprised if you can only do cryptic crosswords in English on the grounds that English is just better than other languages. OK, I'll wait for your answer. Thank you, Joe. Four across. Israel in Peckham. Question or answer? <laughs> answer, James. Good Come morning. Come on, Israel. How you doing, eh? I'm, I'm on a roll. I'm on a roll. Oh, no, you were on last week. <laughs> boasting about right. being a former boxing champion. It's the only reason we've let you on again. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> okay, answer to why we can see the moon in the morning, James. Yes. Actually, it's, uh, an, it's something that happens quite often throughout the month or the year, depending what time of the year. Yeah. It's to do with the relationship between how the moon goes around the earth and how earth is going around the sun. And as we know, the moon doesn't have its own light. It's, it's, it borrows its light or it's reflected from the sun. So what happens is at certain times of the month, when the moon has gone around, it's gone around the earth in a certain degree, the, the, it, in, it, it, it depends. Uh, uh, when the sun shines its light, it, it's sort of like parts of it still are shining on the moon depending where the moon is, depending on the angle. It's all to do with angles. The reason why we don't tend to see it is because when the sun is up, the moon is on the other side of the, the planet uh, uh, or on the other side of the world. But uh, sometimes it's just kind of coming around the corner. If you can just kind of picture maybe you're coming around the corner and you can see the, the edge of a car on the, other, on, the, on the other side, it's kind of like that. So the light still bounces off some parts of, of, the, yeah. of the moon. Yeah. And you'll, love, you'll notice that you, that's why you, you won't see necessarily see a, a full moon during the day. You'll only see, sometimes you see three quarters of it, but not, not all. Does the word earthshine mean anything to you? Earthshine? I think it, that's what you've just described. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm not too familiar with that word, uh, although it, it could be very much related to it. I'm, I'm not going to argue the, the, that. The problem with questions like this, or answers yeah. like yours... It's, it's a bit. It's a bit hard to describe. That's what I was going to say, Israel. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm not. I'm not the best at describing. Well, no, I wasn't going to say that at all. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I was thinking more about. I just tend to just zone out a bit halfway through. Right. And then when I come back, I'm desperately trying to find someone who can tell me whether or not your answer makes sense or not. But yeah, I've got to tell can, you now. If you, if you think if... Jones the engineer's face looks blank most of the time, you should see it now, Israel. <laughs> What, what does it look like? Describe it. He <laughs> looks like the Pillsbury Doughboy with his head on backwards. <laughs> but I, I, I think we're both going to give you a round of applause. <laughs> well, um, I shall gladly um, receive it. Let's see what happens. <laughs> oh, it's there. Israel, go, Israel, go, for, go for the hat trick next week, my friend. Thanks a lot. OK, I will do. I look forward to it. Dan's in Bracknell. Dan, question or answer? I'm glad I wasn't the only one that zoned out there. <laughs> but zoning out is perhaps not a nice way to put it, but, I, but oh, yeah, anyway, I started it. Uh, what answer, have you got? Hopefully. Go on. Um, about the dog question, um, I'm more answering it in a way that can it suckle, like, of course it can suckle because it suckles, suckles from its mother. A puppy can. Yeah. But so the physiognomy of the shape, the physiology of the shape of the face will change with, that, with when adulthood comes. It what? Yeah, they may lose the ability to do so, but yeah. as a puppy, I would have thought you could have trained it into it, maybe, you know, any training takes... I, 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 I think your answer counts, so puppies can clearly suckle, otherwise they'd stop yeah, off. Just, but I don't, an think an, I don't think an adult dog has the oral motor physiology to form a lip seal. 
Uh, yeah, this, yeah. Then the, the snout might have grown longer, but they don't really grow that much once they form. So from it doesn't need to grow much to weeks. be the difference between. Can you make a seal with your hands? Yeah. Are you on hands? Can you do this? Are you on hands free, or are you? Are you you're <laughs> not, are you? Can, can no. you do this with your hands? Did, oh, whatever you're doing, I've matched. Did you hear yeah. that? Yeah. <laughs> you can do that with your hands. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't hear that. You didn't hear Can we turn it up? Is that how radio works, Jones? Can we turn it up? Right, everyone ready for this? Oh, this is just with two hands, right? Did you get that? Yep. Can you do that? Yep. Not everybody can. And in order not to be able to do that, you only have to move a, a, a nanometer, a tiny, tiny fraction, and then you can't actually get the seal right. And I imagine that's what's happened to a dog's mouth as it's grown. It doesn't have to change much, but it just changes enough to mean that the oral motor physiology, which I can't pass off as my own phrase, thanks to uh, Gemma for that, who's a speech-language therapist, can't form a lip seal. But at 13 weeks, they can still do it. Yeah, but it's, still, yeah, when they, it's evolution. They don't need to do it. They lose the ability to do it roughly around the time they don't need to do it anymore. Uh, well, I let's share it. The, let's, I, sh- let's share the applause. <laughs> You Thank you very much. Yeah, good. I was about to say. <laughs> James is in Rotherhithe. James, question or answer? Uh, it's an answer, James. Marvellous. Um, it's the cheese one. That's oh, probably my favourite today. Um, when you melt cheese, uh, the fat splits from the protein and the other stuff in the cheese. Which is why you see sort of curds and whey or oil and... Uh, yeah, yeah, so it'll look more greasy, but it's just the, the fat that was already in the cheese. So the chemical constituency is identical. It's the physics that has changed slightly. Yeah, like the way that they're combined, they just separate. So the calorie count would be identical, the chemical analysis yeah. would be identical, they're just mixed up differently. Yeah. A bit like a sort of milkshake, and yeah. then a pint of milk and a bunch of bananas. Mm, yeah, kind of. Yeah, except you can't do the milkshake backwards. No. You can only do it forwards. You make a milkshake with the bunch of bananas, there's nothing in the milkshake that wasn't in the milk and the bananas when they were separate on the table. Yep. With the thing. And the, the 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 cheese. Yep, that's pretty much it. Yeah. Qualifications? I saw it on a Heston Blumenthal programme. That's pretty good qualifications. He, I, I said the answer would come from a big cheese, and the cheeses don't come much bigger than Heston Blumenthal, do they? Yep. Of course, you, you get this. Thanks a lot. No, thank you. 12.45. It's 11 minutes to... One, and you're listening to LBC 97.3. If I sound a little distracted, I've just taken an email from my wife informing me that we're going to Butlins at half-term. Uh, that'll be interesting. Susan Hendon. Sue, back to Mystery Hour. Actually, no. Have you ever been to Butlins? Uh, no, I uh, haven't, well, actually. That, that's no use to me, as you were. Bri- Brian in Ryslip. Brian, have you ever been to Butlins? Uh, yeah, years ago. How many years ago? Ooh, I was uh, 14 at the time, so we're looking 26 no, years ago. It's all changed since then, I think, hasn't it? It's all uh, gone, it's all gone 21st. Goes, he his weekends, he quite likes them. OK, I just, I'll be back in a sec. I don't want to leave Sue hanging out to dry. Sue, question or answer? Thanks, James. Thank uh, you, it's Sue. a question. Why have you never been to Butlins? What's wrong with Butlins? Too uh, la- are you too lardy da Sue, over in Hendon? Yeah, absolutely, completely. I'm just too posh. <laughs> Fair enough. That's me told. Carry on. <laughs> <laughs> What's your question? Um, uh, okay, so my question is, um, these colour capture sheets um, that people put in their washing machines, um, I just want to know how they work. They literally, they just look like pieces of paper, they feel like pieces of, I mean, not sort of writing paper. They're obviously material of some kind, but I want to know how they do work. 
That's it. That's my question. I have not got the slightest idea what you're I talking about. I what I'm talking about. Yeah. Okay, because you don't do the washing in your house, maybe. I, well, I do sometimes. Not as often uh-huh. as not as often right. as I could, but we have a fairly... So you I mean, get, div- division right, of labour in my house is something of which do. I'm rather proud, actually, casting me in the <laughs> role of medieval misogynist. I do the cooking most night, every night, practically. What on earth is a colour-catching sheet? Okay, so you can get these sheets. Uh, I don't like to advertise other people's things, but some of them are called colour catchers. Yeah. And it means that you can do a mixed washing load, like you can put colours and whites together, and when they come out, your red socks haven't dyed into your white shirt. No way! Literally, yeah, yeah. Literally, your colour... Wait a minute. Literally, literally your colour, the colour goes onto these sheets. Oh, well, that's easy. um, Oh, go on, then. Isn't it? I mean, so so the the colour catcher sheet will be red. The colour catcher sheet will be red. Yeah, but the rest well, look, of the you've, got, you've got no. Well, you've just got different temperatures at which different um, materials no absorb dye. No. 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 I don't think. So. Oh, all right then, Sue. It must be magic. <laughs> oh, ha! <laughs> of course, I mean, it is simply the, the technology of the of the like a boiling point, but different to do with dyes and cloth, and that that cloth will absorb the dye at a, a lower temperature than the than the other cloth. So all the dye's gone by the time the temperature that would be needed for the white cotton to absorb the red dye is reached. No? And your qualifications? <laughs> I have nothing to declare but my genius. You're not going to take yeah. that as an answer, are you? Well, not until I've heard it from no, the fair, No, fair enough, but I'll tell you what, how, you're gonna f- I hope you're going to feel a bit dopey if that does turn out to be the correct answer. Yeah, I will, I will eat my own chicken soup. We like it. Yeah, we, we'll do our best, Sue. Many thanks. I'll let you know how Butlins is. Brian is in Rice Slip. Brian. Uh, I think I can answer a question about why a spaceship doesn't need to be air. Let's start again with a bit more confidence. Well, it's the fact that it's... Um, it's not running on 230 volts AC, is it? No, it's not. We didn't, they didn't plug it in before they took off. I mean, that would take one hell of an extension lead. Wouldn't it just? So it was a so really stupid probably, question. It's running on DC. Yeah. And probably low voltage. Most things, even 230 volt stuff in your house, most of it runs on 12 volt. You've got a transformer in that brings it down. The reason you've got 230 in your house is because that's the cheapest, most efficient way to transmit it to your And that needs earthing. And you could have asked the same question about a torch. You didn't need to talk yeah. about spaceships or anything else like that. And my initial suspicion yeah, that it, when he described um, it as a ship boat, question... I mean, the, re- the reason the boat doesn't need earthing is it's sat in water, which is the best conductor, conductor of electricity, which is why people kill themselves with a toaster in the bar. Oh, yeah, It's cool. sat in water. Yeah. So if, if you've got uh, a system that needs to be grounded and it's grounded on an earth spike, you drive sort of like a six-foot steel spike into the ground and ground it to that... In really dry weather, that dries out and your earth doesn't work. Chuck a bucket of water over it, it starts working again. Because it earths it properly. I, yeah, you've, you've lost me a bit, but the central answer is 100% correct, and, and, you get, and you get a round of applause. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. 12.54, couple of phone lines free, actually, but we're getting quite close to the wire. What still needs answering? Has anyone kept a record, or is it just me? We've done that. Cryptic crosswords, we've done the cheese, we've done the moon, we've done the land. Have we run out? Brian is in Boreham Wood. Brian, question or answer? Answer. Go on. Um, crosswords in other languages. That, no, hang um, on. Other... Brian, 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 Brian. Yeah. Do, do that again. Because a lot of people, when they get onto Mystery Hour, and I say question or answer, and they sort of go, well, I think I've got an... What I want them to do is learn from you, Brian. That was how you come onto Mystery Hour and confidently reveal that you're about to provide an answer. Listen to this, sort of meek little mousy answerers. 
Brian's in Borenwood. Brian, question or answer? Well, I might no, think Brian, I might have an answer. Are, why would you do that to me, Brian? I just picked I'm up done. your role. I just wrote you an extra part. <laughs> Beautifully done. What is your answer? Well, the crossword puzzles in other languages. Uh, most definitely other languages have really difficult crossword puzzles. Um, I, I know for at least two other languages in, in Europe that have them, Danish and German, and I, I'm, I'm Danish, so I should know that. Sounds pretty comprehensive. There I say, yeah, I live in Germany as well, and I've sold German crossword puzzles too. So, yeah, and they do, they do the cryptic ones as well. They do the massively cryptic ones that a Brit would never have any idea on how to solve, unless they were fluent in in, in German or or Danish. Uh, of course, the, the synonyms are, are an interesting. Someone got I've lost the email now, but somebody said that we, we actually do have rather more synonyms than many other languages, which possibly just makes the crossword solving a richer process. But I'm not even sure that's true. Well. And then you have other languages that have uh, multiple words that have uh, absolutely opposite meanings, uh, yes. depending on just how you say it. All sorts. But you need, you need, I guess, to, to solve or to set cryptic crossword puzzles, you have to almost be uber-fluent in a language, don't you? And incredibly knowledgeable about, about it, the, the, the less, linguistic yeah. history and the semantic context. Brian, yeah. I'm, go- I'm going to derive great pleasure from giving you a round of applause, sir. Thank you very much. That's really nicely done. <laughs> great work. Paul's in Mitch and Paul, question or answer? Question. Go on. Back bacon in America. Yeah. I've never been able to get it. Always such streaky stuff. You, you, That's the question. Why can't why you, can't back you buy back in bacon in America? You, well, you can. Never been able to find it. And I've been to America 20 times last five years, spent months over there. But, but, I mean. Never been able to find it in any supermarket. They call it ham. Well, I'm talking about the breakfast bacon. Yeah, know? I know. They call it ham. Oh, well, that's probably the reason why I can't find it. <laughs> Ask me what my qualifications are. Go <laughs> on. What are the qualifications? I, 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 I got up this morning. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers, James. Glad I called. No, so Dave's in crew. Dave, question or answer? Hi, James. A question. Go on, Dave. Uh, why do coins have dates on? My, my seven-year-old son asked me this the other day, and I, could, I, I don't know. Well, I we've got 90 seconds, that. Dave. This is, we've got to go. We went 100% like definitive then, last week. We've got, we're going to go 100% definitive again. We've got 90 seconds to answer Dave's question. Why do coins have dates on? If you hit the numbers now, you will get through. 0845, I'm wiping everybody else off the board. We've got no room for anyone else. This is to go for two weeks running. Every single question definitively answered on Mystery Hour. Why do they put dates on coins? Call me now with your answer on 0845 I'm now going to sit back and wait for the avalanche of calls to come in while Dave entertains us with a medley of early Barry Manilow hits. Dave, over to you. Uh, <laughs> I was just about to start singing Old Sunday, but I bottled out. One voice <laughs> singing in the dark. Let's just put them straight to air. Let's, let's, let's live a little. Let's live on the wild side. Dave, have you got my back? Yeah, I've got it. So any, any rudeness, any, any inappropriate banter, any attacks upon my personality, uh, put, give me line one now. Give me line one now. Just put, <laughs> put line one on. Colin, Colin is in wrong for Colin, what have you got? Because fix won't fit. No, they have to put dates on it because they need to know when it's struck a minute. Why? Just for a reference of when they're done. Why? Why? <laughs> Dave's got a child. How old's your child, Dave? How old's your son? Seven. I've got a seven-year-old at home. You're going to get at least 11 whys before we're happy, Colin. Why? <laughs> Why? Why? Why, Colin? Sasha, last, yeah. word to you. last word to you today. What did you ring in to tell me? 
You've been to Butlins? Yes. And on that bombshell, we'll do it again tomorrow from 10. This is LBC 97.3. I'm James O'Brien. This is Julia Hartley Brewer. What have 